Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hey, everybody. Happy Thursday. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? The end of the week is almost here, and we are almost done with the month of July. This is crazy. The only thing maybe crazier than that is that uh, nobody quite knows what's happening with our schools yet (laughs) or how school is going to uh, take place. At least they don't in my area. So that is kind of crazy for me. But you know what? We're we're not going to worry about that kind of craziness right now because it is time for Real Talk. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on as well as a vehicle to drive your goals, like that proverbial Mack truck through ice cream, then check us out at p4pmuscle.com. And now let's talk. I am Desiree Fletcher Carruthers and my co-host with the most, uh, Mr. Kalen Lynn, me your ear, Patterson, who will be joining us shortly. Together we are P4P Real Talk. And, you know, super excited to be gracing the airwaves. Another thing, while we're talking about crazy things that are going on, this is five years for us. Totally crazy that we've been doing this for five years, twice a week for the most part, every week for five years. Amazing. And it's also amazing that we, <laughs> we still have stuff to talk about. That in and of itself is another crazy thing, just crazy. So you know what? While we're on this theme of crazy, if there's anything that you feel is like kind of crazy, throw it out there. Let us know. Share some comments. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about, we will talk about craziness throughout the whole thing. Because you know what? Our topic that we have tonight is kind of crazy. Our guest, she is not, well, you know what? I'm going to say she's not crazy, but maybe she will disagree with me. Maybe she's a different kind of crazy, but I'm going to say she's not crazy. But what we're going to be talking about tonight is kind of crazy because we are going to be talking about body dysmorphia. And uh, even though I'm calling it crazy, it's a very serious thing and probably more common than what we like to think. And if you have no idea what body dysmorphia is, well then buckle your seatbelts, friends, because you are about to find out. But before we dive down that rabbit hole, I'm going to introduce you to our guest tonight. It's a, uh, it's a first timer for us, which is exciting. That's still five years and hundreds of shows later, we still have people who have never been on the show before, and that is fantastic. And that lady that I'm talking about here is Lindsay Westfall. She's a competitor, promoter, coach, all of the above. Lindsay, say hello to listener land and tell them a little bit about yourself. Hey, everyone. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, you pretty much kind of already said what I do. So I promote shows. I've been competing for 10 years. I've been coaching um, for almost just as long. Um, I am a pro figure competitor. I 
have um, trained in many gyms. I mainly focus on um, mindset, self-love um, with competitors. Um, and I've owned a yoga studio and very much into that aspect as well. Wow. Okay. I, you know, I didn't know the bit about the yoga studio. And uh, yeah. I need, I, and yoga is something I definitely need in my life because I tell you what, my hands are so tight and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, in my uh, T-band is so tight. It just causes me all kinds of issue, which chiropractic help all care is helping, but I need some of that like stretchiness in my life that I don't have. Yeah, and that's kind of why I started getting into yoga. I was lifting for so many years, and chiropractor massage was helping tremendously, but I couldn't seem to quiet my mind when I was like getting a massage and things like that. Yeah, and then on top, I just felt like I was stressed out all the time and go, 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 and my body was really starting to wear down. And so um, somebody suggested doing yoga. And at first, I was kind of like, that's not really my thing, you know, like I lift weights, not, <laughs> not into that. <laughs> but finally <laughs> talked me into going, and I walked away from it. Um, it was actually a more of a more of stretching. It wasn't like hot yoga or anything fast or challenging uh-huh. or anything like that. It was very relaxing. There was candles and it was dark. And I just walked away from it just feeling like a totally different person. And so it just became part of my routine after that. Well, I, I'm sold. So I just have to get it done. It's just one of those <laughs> things on my list that I've been putting off, putting off, and now I just need to do it. I just need to do it. And Kaylin Patterson, it might not hurt you to do some yoga as well. Yeah, I think I got it hurts it. just <laughs> Kaylin, guys, he's a little injured tonight. He's got a wrist injury. We're not sure what's going on, but, you know, holding the phone is a little rough right now. So let's send him some prayers for fast healing for whatever you got going on. And you know what? Speaking of chiropractors, they can adjust your wrist. So I'm just going to throw that out there. I am just going to throw that out there. And, you know, we started the show, Kaylin, talking about all these crazy things. And the fact that you just have this wrist injury out of nowhere that makes it hard for you to hold your phone, that is kind of crazy. Yoga. It it, it cures everything. (laughs) Crazy cures everything? (laughs) No, yoga. Or yoga. Yoga does. Yoga. Gotcha. Oh, you work. You work that out. You work that out over there, um, Lindsay. I am going to jump back to in a nice way. That's right. In a yeah. nice. I'm only being nice. I understand that you're in pain. No, so you might be a little be cranky. Yeah. But I. Oh, the listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, let's try to keep it nice, guys. Let's let's send Kaylin some positive love and healing vibes. Let's not give him too much of a hard time. There um, you go, Lindsay. I'm going to jump back to something you said in your in your intro in that you work a lot with athletes still on the self-love and mindset front. And that is, um, you know, basically the premise for what we're going to be talking about tonight, and that is body dysmorphia. So, guys, you're wondering, like, what the heck is body dysmorphia? And it's basically – and Lindsay, you can, and Kaylin, you guys can chime in on um, rounding out this definition, but it's basically 
having an unrealistic or unhealthy view of your body. So, for instance, in the realm of natural bodybuilding, um, lots of athletes, we're going to be talking probably primarily female, but I know that there are men that deal with this as well. You know, you're training, you're getting ready for a show, you're in the best physical shape of your life, but we all know, as we've talked about in a lot of previous shows, that, you know, the extreme we go to to get on the competition stage is not something that your body can maintain for long lengths of time. It's just unhealthy uh, to be that lean for, um, you know, longer than whatever it's going to take you to get on the stage. After that, you need to start eating, um, in, in a fashion that it's going to support just a normal, healthy body weight and body fat percentage, you know, not 4% that, you know, male bodybuilders might want to get on the competition stage, but whatever they might be in the quote-unquote off-season. But getting back to that normal can be difficult for competitors sometimes because even though they're, they're still in great shape, their bodies are healthy, because they are not ultra-lean, they do not feel attractive anymore, or maybe they don't feel fit anymore, even though compared to um, an individual who's not a competitive bodybuilder, they probably look, you know, out of sight, could be in a fitness magazine type physique to that, you know, to the outside world. But to themselves looking in the mirror, that is not what they see at all. So Lindsay kind of you know, let me know if I'm on the mark with that and what you've been seeing along those lines with natural competitors. Yeah, you're definitely on track with that. Um, I think that a lot of people who are competitive bodybuilders, they, you know, they're gearing up and they're gearing up and they're gearing up and they're losing weight and they're, you know, everything's starting to pop and they're looking really fit and people are commenting to them and they're giving them that like external validation that they're looking great and all of these things. And then you step on stage, which is like the top of the mountain that you've been climbing. And then you step off and it's like immediately, almost immediately, it's they're stepping on the scale and they're like, Oh my gosh, I've already gained five pounds overnight, you know, like, and I compare it to so many other like big things in life that you're preparing for. And then you get there and it's amazing. And then like the day after you're like, okay, now what? And Mm -hmm. don't have that date in mind anymore. You're almost lost. And then you have, you take that lost, feeling and then you add it into you're seeing your weight go up um it totally messes with you yeah like you said that it's uh, very polite because we are very uh hyper dynamic when we think about our ourselves and especially when we put ourselves out there especially you know like when you're trying to get sponsorships and things like that you're you're selling yourself an awful lot and at some point you mm-hmm. It, people tend to believe the hype. So I, I get why they get so caught up in their own minds. And uh, I, I know there's some some good mentally strong individuals, but like Lindsay was saying, they're preparing you for something, but they don't prepare for the other side of it. And I think that's one of the, the things that really uh, separates the good coaches from the novices 
because they can walk you back. I mean, I know a lot of people that have the intent to really have somebody look their absolute best at the absolute best time. But then when this the after effect of, you know, like, like Leslie was saying, what next? And then there's just nothing. I mean, like it's almost no contact with the coach. Uh, there's no real feedback from anything other than, you know, great job and see you next year kind of kind of a deal. And so that can really mess with the mind as well because there is an island that we go to, and it's not a healthy one, but we still go there anyway, especially when it's the first time competition. You don't know what to expect or what's going on. So, Lindsay, just, uh, you know, just to talk about the coaching part of it and then talk about how to get off that island in a successful way with a healthy frame of mind. Yeah, um, well – First of all, like I, I kind of wanted to interject there for a second, but I did not let you finish. But um, <laughs> a lot, you know, yes, there's there's not so great coaches, and yes, there's amazing coaches. Um, and even as a coach myself, I've seen it so where I've prepared clients and prepared them and prepared them, and they're they they know going into it that afterwards it's going to be difficult. And then mm-hmm. it's like, but they get to that point, and then they don't respond to anything that you say. Like, you can text them, yeah. you can mm-hmm. call them, email them, and be like, you're hunting them down, and it's like ghosted. Um, and you know where it's coming from. <laughs> you know, like, you know exactly where it's coming from, because as a competitor yourself, you've been there. You know. Um, mm-hmm. But there's also certain, some people you just, you can only go so far. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. can, you mm-hmm. can do your best as a coach, but if they've completely, you know, stopped responding to you, you're just like, you just kind of have to let them go and kind of work things out within themselves and hope the best for them and occasionally still reach out and hope that they respond. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've seen that a lot too. Um, for the clients who do um, continue that conversation, there's a lot of affirming with them that they're on the right track, that this is, mm-hmm. you know, if, if this is something that you want to do long-term, that this part is more important than the actual prep part. This is it what's going to make is. a a long-term competitor and that it's not going to continue to mess with your head in the future. So this is the part that takes the most work is immediately after or so. And, and that's it's, hard. It's a hard, it's, it's a hard concept to grasp. It is hard. It's, it's the mindset part of it because there are so many aspects to mindset to being a competitor because you have the discipline part of the mindset and you have the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to win it mindset, you know, from a motivational perspective. And then there has to be the mindset of, okay, there's my health that I need to keep intact and part of it. And I know when I had, um, I've seen you post about this, and I know that, you know, you had made reference to, you know, there are some ladies, and you're referring ladies in, in, in specific in your post, but, you know, that you see competition season after competition season. They don't, they don't really have an off season, and they're competing competing frequently every year and that that just can't be healthy to maintain that. Now, there were some athletes that might argue with that, but on, on, on the whole globally, I know that that's true because 
um, you know, I had some hormonal issues just for being stage ready for too long. And it, and it wasn't necessarily because of the body dysmorphia, but um, I think I do have, I have struggled with some of that in the past, but it was more of just chasing that elusive pro card. <laughs> so I get uh-huh. that part of it too. I get that part of it too. There are different reasons for, you know, just being stage ready far longer than you probably should be. Um, But the body dysmorphia is a big part of it. And that probably does drive, you know, individuals who suffer from that to just keep, just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, because it's chasing that goal that keeps them in the physical state that they have mentally fallen in love with. And that's the part of the mindset where, you know, we bring back in the self-love that you were talking about is that you have to be able to love your body, whether you are 10% body fat, you know, or 20% body fat or 16% body fat or whatever it is that is normal for your structure and your frame, because that's going to fluctuate person by person. What's healthy based on how tall you are. Are you an endomorph, an ectomorph, a mesomorph, you know, all of those things that all comes into play. And you have to be able to tell yourself, you know what, that's, it's okay that I'm, you know, I call it living fluffy. And, and I guess I'm, I'm feeding into that unhealthy mindset when I say that because our version of fluffy is not necessarily fluffy. But when you put it into perspective of the competitive stage, then yeah, it, it might kind of be. So I guess I, should, I need to change my way I talk about things too. But, you know, it's okay <laughs> to quote unquote be fluffy. If you are healthy and, you know, you're still fitting in your clothes, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to have six-pack abs every minute of every day. It just, it's not right. necessary. <laughs> Unless, you know, it's your job and you're, you know. But even even Sports Illustrated bikini models, they don't have six-pack abs. They're just string being skinny, and that's a whole nother show. But the point of the matter is, that is you're still beautiful. Show. That is a whole nother <laughs> show. You, you can't poke it out, sister, let me tell you. <laughs> so I, you know, well, we have some questions that I. That we live in a Go world ahead. where social media is huge. And so we see on a day-to-day basis it being ingrained into us that you have to have six-pack abs, that you have to have little shoulder caps if you're a female, or you have to look a certain way. When in reality, even those people, they're most likely not looking like that 24-7, 365 days a year. They're looking like that at a certain period of time, but they're still posting those pictures all year long. And, you know, I have to say, and then I'm going to start getting to some of these questions, and then I have a question of my own. But I had uh, somebody call me out on that once, and it was another, it was a peer, another gym owner. Um, at the time when I was still in the business and he just basically said, he's like, you know what does, I see you're competitive, you know, and it's great that you post pictures, but you also um, have to post pictures when you're not stage ready as well. People need to see you when yeah. you are, you know, at your normal, even if it's at your worst, it's great to post those pictures when you're stage ready and you're loving it because guys, I get it. I love how I look when I'm stage ready, and I love all those pictures on the way to being stage ready. And I probably love them more while we're talking about this, because I'm just going to be honest, and this is real talk, than what I uh, than what I do pictures of when I'm not stage ready. But you know, he had a valid point. You have to point. You have to post all of those pictures. And um, yeah, 
And I have. You well, know, well, when I first got well, married, well, I put on considerable well, well. amount of weight. <laughs> and so I, uh, <laughs> I, but I was still in the gym. And, you know, I was still posting those pictures. My face probably looked incredibly round. Um, you know, maybe no one else probably noticed, but I did, you know, for what I'm used to being. Because outside of being pregnant, I had never been as heavy as I was at that point in time in my entire life. Never. But that's so, outside, you know, of, outside of physical appearance. Were you happy? I, I Evidently, I was. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Evidently, and I was, and, and that's the key. That's well, the key. Can right. I, so, can I jump in for the for the guys before we get into yeah, go ahead, please do. Yeah, please do. The the fitness industry it, it it's kind of goofy because like one of the things that I did and I've I've always wanted to do was basically stay close to age appearance only in the reflection of it, not the weight and everything else, because I, I, I can get pretty chunky. Uh, you call it fluffy. I call it being a chunker. But uh, <laughs> I, I always have my, my profile pic to be a reminder of, you know, not to get too far away. And I think that was one of the motivational things for competing for me, where it wasn't driving me to have to be a certain weight but basically just remind myself that health had to be one of the main factors in my life simply because of all the the, the family dynamic genetics and issues with health, high blood pressure, and things like that because I've seen the worst, and I wanted to basically give my family a better version of what a Patterson could look like if they if they stayed healthy. And since I didn't have anybody, I, I you know, I just used myself as a guinea pig. So, you know, I don't want to – have people thinking, because I remember my best reminder, and I, I know Lindsay had referenced this, for me was uh, basically coming off of stage two weeks, uh, every Twinkie I could get, um, just about every piece of fattening food. But my metabolism was so jacked at the time because I was, you know, doing all the classes and doing everything else that it didn't really do an onset too soon. And I had a little belly fluff. I just remember walking out of the the locker room, talking to a guy who had been to three or four different shows I'd been to that year, and I was telling him how fat I was. And, you know, keep in mind, this is a referential statement I'm making, but as I was rounding the corner, there were two heavyset women that heard me make that statement, and just the horror on their faces really brought it back into perspective. And I said, I will never ever make that mistake uh, statement again because I was so ashamed that, you know, I had them basically looking at themselves saying, if this guy is fat, then what the heck are we? And I, I was uh, mm-hmm. I was very, you know, it, it took me back to reality. And I think God just puts me in situations like that where I have to face the truth and not be so ignorant in, in what I say. I'm not calling anyone else. I'm saying, for me, I knew better. And I knew better to make that statement, and I still made it just because, you know, I could see a little fluff around my gut. What what happened? (laughs) Nothing. We were all listening. I guess we were just all so in tune. We we didn't jump in fast enough. So I'm going to turn it. uh, Lindsay, go ahead and comment, and then we're going to answer some questions. (laughs) Sure. Um, Yeah, you know, I think that 
being mindful of the things that we say and the things that we do because of what we do um, can be detrimental to other people that are around us. And just like, it, I mean, if you're a competitor and you're listening, I'm sure you've had negative comments regarding the way you look when you're prepping. Um, and the same holds true for being mindful of the things that we say um, that sometimes we just don't even think about because we're competitors and that's that we lead and we're surrounded by it and things like that. And, and so just like Desiree was saying and um, uh, the wording of what we say, like when we've gained 10 pounds, you know, like fluffy or chubby or whatever, you know, like those, those things aren't true. It's we're, we're in a healthier body than yes. we were mm-hmm. before. You know, and so saying, you know what, I look healthier now than I did when I was on stage. And that's a much truer statement. It, it, you know, it actually is, it, it, but it all goes back to mindset because, you know, when we feel like we're ripped, we still feel like we're healthy. But truth be told, internally, with that extra 10 pounds on, we are healthy, a healthier person than when we were absolutely you know, so totally shredded because we have the right amounts of energy and fats and all those things that our body needs to function for brain function and heart function. And, you know, all your organs need carbs and good stuff and the right amounts. Yeah. I like brain function too. Brain function is a good thing. (laughs) So so that is a very true, true statement. <laughs> That's a very true <laughs> statement. Okay, so one question here, and this question is is mine that I'm going to kind of kick off here with, and then guys, I'm definitely getting to your questions. But I just, you know, we're talking about body dysmorphia and this whole self image, but. You know, what, we might have some people out there thinking, you know, that's not me. You know, that's not, I don't have that, but maybe in reality they they really do. do. So what are some of the characteristics, characteristics of someone who is experiencing body dysmorphia? Um, I think in terms of competing, what I hear often from people is I need to compete again because it keeps me motivated. That's Mm -hmm. what keeps me motivated every day to go to the gym and to be healthy and to eat right and things like that is because if I have a show day then it keeps me on track and it keeps me motivated if that is the reason for staying motivated that's an unhealthy thought mm-hmm. okay because there's other ways gotcha. there's other um, other ways to feel healthy and to stay motivated. It's just, a, it's just a matter of then working with somebody or working within yourself and finding those reasons that will keep you motivated. And what may be the reasons for one person could be a reason for somebody totally different. For me, as a mother, um, even though I have boys, and so the whole, um, some of the things as far as them watching me and stuff like that and watching their mom isn't quite the same as like if I had little girls watching me, but I still have to be very mindful of the things that I say around my kids, the things that I do around my kids, stuff like that, you know? And so I want my kids to see mom every day as somebody who is happy. And I never talk about like weighing my food and stuff like that. You know, they may see me do it occasionally. And if they, if they ask me a question or sometimes if they see me, I'll discuss it, you know, and I just say, you know what, we just have, sometimes we have to be really, really careful with 
how much we eat and what we're eating and all those things, and they mm-hmm. all kind of go together, reality. you know, and, yeah. and that's reality for anybody. It's not just competing, you know, and so a lot of the times, like me going to the gym and spending a lot of time there and, and things like that, you know, and my boys will ask me, Mom, why do you spend so much time at the gym? And I'm like, because it helps Mommy get her mind right. It helps me to be able to be a better mommy for you guys. And so that's, those are the things that I want my kids to see. I don't want them to see mommy just like you're always weighing your food and you're always weighing your body and you're always staring at yourself and you're doing this and you're posing and, like, all of these things and, and to have that unhealthy mindset as they grow into adults. And I don't want them to then pass it down to their children. Nice. Because everybody knows, like, the things that have happened in our family, we pass down through generations. So if my, if my kids are seeing me, like, super strict all the time and it's all about competing, it's all about bodybuilding, it's all about this, they may subconsciously take that into their ability as parents. I like that. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, and I would add also that, if you're just never happy with the way that you look, you might have body dysmorphia. Yeah. Just never. It just, I mean, it's the only time that you're happy is when you are and spray tanned and on a stage in a posing suit, you might have body uh-huh. dysmorphia. Um, if you're, yeah. you know, constantly always looking at, well, her this is better than mine and her that is better than mine and you don't have to be a competitor for that to happen to just right. be an everyday person because that 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 impacts a lot of our teenage girls these days and just women in general then you know you you may have body dysmorphia now i say these things because body shaming is a thing um across the yeah. board whether you're an athlete or not and so i say these things because it's body dysmorphia is an extreme, just like obesity is an extreme. So, you know, it's not an excuse to be like, well, I don't ever want to have body dysmorphia, so I'm, you know, never going to fall into that pattern where I'm just, I'm not going to work out because then what if that leads to body dysmorphia or I'm never going to be conscious about my food because what if that leads to body dysmorphia? No, that's not what I'm saying. I don't think that's what anybody's saying. But this is an example of what the extreme can be when you take your focus and your mindset, as Lindsay has been saying, off of what's really pivotal, pivotal, and that's your health and having self-love for yourself and, you know, focusing way – you're not even focusing on that anymore. You're just focusing on – It's about – What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, material is not the word that I'm looking for, but, you know, we'll say just – Oh, I can't think of it right now. It just totally flew out of my head. It was right there, and now it's gone. But you guys know what I'm saying. It's, you know, just the exterior. It it has nothing to do with health or, you know, loving the way that you feel. I mean, I feel my energy's good. I feel good. Do I look in the mirror sometimes and be like, darn it. Why are my glutes the way they used to be? Yep, I sure do. I do, but it's not, I don't hate. I mean, all my clothes still fit. I'm not hating on that. I don't even know what you're saying over there. (laughs) If you're stepping on a scale every day and I don't even own a scale. (laughs) Right, that's great. So, like, I've seen a lot of people that, 
like they step on the scale and they step on the scale every single day at the exact same time. Yep. Um, they're yep. not in prep. They're still doing it. They're tracking it all. Yep. They're, you know, deciding what was my average for the week and comparing it to previous averages and stuff like that. It's like, okay, that's, that's beyond what you should be doing. You know, like I get it if you need to do that when you're in prep because that's what your coach wants. But at the same time, like after prep, like it's unnecessary. And if those numbers yep. are what affects your mentality for the day, that would probably be a good sign of body dysmorphia. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Good. Good. All good. All good points here. And I've been promising these questions, dude. Here they are, guys. I'm finally getting to these questions. The first one here is from Carla. Just I got a lot of thoughts on this topic, evidently, <laughs> and lots to say. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to spread the love here. This one's from Carla. She's asking. So which is harder? the prep before the show or the post feelings after the show is over? Post feelings after the show is over. Definitely. Yep. I think so. I mean, I think it all depends on the person and if you won or if you lost, but definitely in the vein of this show, the post, the post show blues, I guess, if you want to call it that can be really strong. I guess it depends on what your definition of harder is or what exactly we're talking about. If we're talking about physical, then we're talking about prep. If we're talking about mental, then post-show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I I would say it it would have to be afterwards because the goal is to get up there. You don't Mm -hmm. really put much thought to after it's done. So that's when it becomes the struggle. I mean, because like when we first start joining a gym, nobody thinks about the pain or the soreness of the work, and that can be the determinant the, the deterrent that keeps us from going back. You know, so it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't, I didn't plan that. So wow, this is something I didn't expect. <laughs> and everybody else looks like right. they're still going a thousand percent, and you're like, wow, I'm really sore. I don't know if I if I'm ready to go into that. So it's it's a different mentality. And so when you're in that kind of arena, that's all mental. I mean, I know even getting ready for it, but you can see the physical changes and everything looks like it's going great when you're getting ready for the stage. But when the after mm-hmm. effects are happening and, and there's no true, like, uh, you know, like urge to do anything, it's like, well, what's next? So then when you have that, it, it kind of takes away from where you were mentally and there's no real oomph into it unless you're really doing a long ter- long term planning, and that takes a uh, that takes a lot of support. I mean, it takes a lot of support to get off stage, but it really takes a lot of support when you get off too. And like you know, we talk about this a lot. If you don't have the right support system, there's a lot of failure in your future if you're not uh, mentally prepared for everything. Like Linda was saying, if she's not walking you through, and if you don't want to talk about it because you do see that fluff where everything used to be, you know. It it's a it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And I think I think you're probably feeling the guy vibe that Jake is putting down here, or maybe Jake was feeling your guy vibe, Kaylin, because I feel like his comment he shared is tracking right along with your with what you just said. He's uh, he says guys are getting more into their own aesthetics and mentally take themselves out just trying to get fit in the gym atmosphere, much less much less the stage arena. And when I 
when I read that, what it says to me is it's, you know, it's so mentally tough to kind of get ready and stay focused. How can you even think about what you do after, you know? And I think that's part of the rub that Kaylin was talking about that Lindsay's been talking about is, you know, the goal, you're just focused on the goal and getting there and you probably almost feel like I don't have any more space in my brain pan to even try and contemplate what's going to happen after. I just need to get there first. So if guys are mm-hmm. knocking themselves out just for everyday life in the gym, you know, how much harder is it going to be for them if they actually get on a stage and then are trying to deal with, you know, body dysmorphia, the post-show blues, as we call it, when you know, they have to put on some more weight. It doesn't have to be a ton, guys. I mean, it, it doesn't have to, but you have to put on more weight. You have to start eating yeah. to maintain your frame and your daily activity. You have to start eating the foods that your body needs to function. You just have to. Otherwise, your health is just going to tank, and you're not going to be competing, much less working out in the gym at all if you don't start feeding your body right. So it's, I mean... It's it's kind of a tough thing now that we put it out there. And, uh, you know, I know there are a lot of competitors, even first-time competitors and seasoned competitors that still probably don't really think about or it doesn't occur to them to think about how they're going to um, handle themselves emotionally once the show is over. And it's not so much, you know, emotionally based on did I win or did I not, but the changes my body is going to go through now that the show is over. I, I, I and that's agree. all I have to say about that. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. That, you know, it, I think that's what draws a lot of people to the enhanced side is because things aren't happening quick enough. And, you know, like that, that body dysmorphia really re- takes its toll. And if you fall into the right, uh, well, I guess the right wrong crowd, this can be one of the, the things right, that crowd. really, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like that, we, we were talking yesterday at some of the enhanced guys in the gym and, and what they got into it because I, I just I can't fathom destroying my body for the appearance of looking healthy and you know this is some of the things we do you know the, on the positive side of of, uh, of health, natural health is that we do take some negative options into our minds in a, in, a, in a way to accelerate it. Because I know some people become cardio queens and kinks trying to uh-huh. get those extra pounds off instead of just basically doing a proper diet because it's not happening quick enough. I need this now, and I need this right now. And at some point, it does become a, a demon, and, and it can really wreak havoc across the spectrum, relationships, job, uh, family. It, 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 it really gets bad really quick, and we all – seem to wonder, you know, how did it go so far so far south so quickly? Well, it didn't. It's just like, you know, when you're talking about that scale every day, that's a choice, but it's not always the right choice to do, and that it, it, the scale can become a monster and a demon, and, and I, I fear for those people because some people only want to say well-wishing and, you know, how good they look instead of telling the truth, like, you know, maybe you want to slow down and, and really take a look at your life because I've seen relationships destroyed off of uh, competitions and I've seen families basically broken up 
because people mm-hmm. don't want to interact in the way that would be a successful, uh, healthy mindset to do so. So, we, you know, we really have to be careful and we really have to attach ourselves to the right people or we could put ourselves in a bad spot really quickly. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. Go ahead. Is the hardest thing when you're coming out of a show um, and making sure that you're taking a significant off season. You know, that's kind of what sparked this whole conversation too was, um, you know, competing constantly and that body dysmorphia that goes along with it. But, you know, one of the things is taking that time not only to get yourself mentally better, but getting yourself physically better and really taking the time to build that muscle instead of, I mean, like you said, like just being like, I have to get bigger. I have to get bigger. I have to get bigger. And, you know, contemplating using substances and things like that. And there are all those negative like energy thoughts that are coming into our mind because we're so fixated on how do we get better at what we do? No doubt. Go ahead. I was just saying that it's really just uh, the answer is patience. <laughs> yes. It, it, and the patience part of it is hard. And I, 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 I got to go back to what Kaylin was saying here real quick about, you know, because we are so impatient with results sometimes, and especially when it comes to losing weight, we can be very impatient with that. And I, I remember him saying, and always, it struck me as funny then, and it strikes me as funny now, but there was a particular athlete who, you know, was was progressing really well, watching progress, looking at pictures, and then we see her get on stage, and we're just like, what the heck happened? And and basically, long story short is, in, in the way that Kaylin phrased it is, she uh, she just cardioed all her muscle off. And that's kind of what it happens because, oh, we're not losing weight fast enough, so let's do more cardio, let's do more cardio, let's do more cardio, and then pretty soon all your muscle tone is gone because – you've stretched that muscle all out with all your cardio trying to lose that weight. And so it was counterproductive. And it's just a prime example of not managing your prep correctly or, and, or being impatient. And so then you're taking extreme measures to try to get to an end result that your body wasn't ready to give you just yet. Um, and I know there's a lot of coaches out there, well, sometimes extra cardio is necessary. And I'm not saying that it's not, but I'm talking here extremes, guys. I, I know what it takes to get to a yeah. stage, and sometimes you just got to do what Nobody's you got to do. Nobody's attacking your program. Nobody's attacking your program. I don't even know what your program is, but I'm just saying if, you know, this person's body just wasn't ready, all that cardio they did, it still didn't. They may have dropped the weight, but it was counterproductive. They didn't have the muscle to support the weight loss, so. And there you have it. That's all I have to say about there that. You. It, it was yeah. random, but, hey, Kaylin's comment triggered it. So <laughs> next question, comment here from Linda. All right. With all these social media members, it's becoming more and more about appearance and not the real person. How does a person gain true self if all that matters is how you look when it comes to being a real person? Oh, wow. Hmm. That's a, that's a heavy question, Linda. That's a good one. That is a good one, though. How do you not lose yourself? For me, I have gotten to the point where I love all aspects of myself, like whether I'm in off-season off or in-season or whatever it is. I love my flaws. I have them. We all have them. I talk about them. 
um, on social media, and I think that people want to connect with people that are real and not just that physical appearance. I think that a way to do that is by more people showing, just like you were saying, Desiree, earlier, like posting those pictures when you're not in prep is the mm-hmm. only way that we're going to get to that point. And unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen. Like, this is just the reality of social media is that people are always going to do those things. All you can focus on is yourself and what you do and keeping your mindset right. And if that means, you know, taking walks and listening to podcasts and reading books and doing yoga and all of those things and being able to recognize when those thoughts start to become behaviors and reel it back in. And there you go. Kaylin, anything (laughs) to add? Yeah. um, There's a lot of fake in everything. And, you know, let's not just pick on social media. You know, there's personalities you meet and you're like, uh, what the heck is going on here when you meet them? They're, They're so different than what they portray on on uh on anything and there's there's been a lot of actors that have been called out you know a lot of times and but it, it's not just social media there, there's people that don't know how to be themselves because they're so caught up in what everybody else is talking about and they feel like they that has to be their identity in 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 how they go about living and, and mm. you know it's a shame but it happens uh it it it's a thing that we like, like Lindsay's saying, it's going to be there. We just have to basically start filtering the the real people from the fake individuals, and and they do exist. I mean, let's, we're not going to sit there and act like they don't and and pretend like you know it's only one in, in ten. It's more like uh, four right. and six. I mean, four out of ten. So you know, it's 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 one of those things that you have to just you have to be real to see real, and we can't keep having somebody fake us out. I remember, uh, what's that old saying, you know, fool me once, uh, shame on, on you, fool me twice, shame on me. We, we, we can't just keep saying, you know, this person got me again and this person got me and this person got me. At some point we have to look at ourselves and say, well, how real are we? If we, if we keep looking at the fake individuals, at some point you have to ask, why are you looking in that way? I've known plenty of people at the gym. If you just watch them, how they interact with their peers and, and, and the other members, you'll find the real ones really quick. And if you're on social uh-huh. media, be more careful with why they're getting your attention you know, and, and what they're saying. Because, you know, if, it, if it's a gimmick, if it sounds like a gimmick, it usually is. If you're going to lose 20 pounds in three days, uh, I'd be very concerned. And uh, if somebody has always got the, the, the fresh, ripened booty that looks like the peach that uh, we've all been using at teens, then there's some problems in that as well. We, we should be really looking more for the people who are speaking from the heart and because that's the ones that are saying things that are lifelong instead of basically stage ready. If you're always stage ready, then you're missing out on something, and I guarantee it's usually like that. Right. And uh, monster cookies and homemade caramel popcorn. Oh, <laughs> right. And funnel cake. Oh, oh shoot. But only sometimes, 
Only, only uh-huh. sometimes. I cannot advocate good health and, in moderation and then just send everybody over the sugar crash cliff. I can't do that. <laughs> but sometimes it's okay sometimes. No, it's okay. Sometimes. I, it's okay to be human. Like cake because it's not readily available all the time. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Here we got one from Bill. And, Bill, I think we kind of moved past the, a point in conversation where your question was, so I am going to take us back to that point in time, if take we can back, call yeah. it. Take- but Bill is saying, I'm going back. We're going back. Oh, wait, that was greasy. Way <laughs> back. Um, <laughs> and it goes a little something like this. Hit it. All right. There so you Bill go. Bill is saying, there you go. Um, the competitors in my area can be real jerks getting ready for stage, oh. but oh, wow. um, but seem to be more nice when the show is over. They do become loners. Is this what you guys are talking about? And um, I don't, I don't quite remember what we were talking about at that point, but I, I think we can get there. Kaylin, do you recall what we were talking about at that point? Yeah, yeah um, you know we. we in, in prep, it, 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 people call it a selfish time, but I, I really call it focused. And there's a concern about if you're giving everything. That's the one thing every competitor, any true competitor, is thinking, you know, am I doing enough? Am I, am I working hard enough? Am I pushing hard enough? Am I slacking off? And, you know, this is any sport, not just, uh, you know, natural bodybuilding. And I know I was – I've asked myself that, especially when I was playing professionally, you know, it's because it, 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 when you talk about your pay coming from the work that you're doing, it, it's a true concern. But it can become obsessive at times. And, uh, usually you're catching them on the worst day possible because they seem to be more into themselves, so you think you have the time to ask the question. But really when you're coming up, you're you're picking the worst t- possible moment to speak to them. So, you know, I, I – I, I'll defend the uh, the athlete at that time because, you know, we, it is a head game. And a lot of times if we're not focused exactly like we need to be, especially with diet and, and when the times we're at the gym, you, you can screw it up. And it, it doesn't take much for an athlete, natural athlete to lose uh, more muscle than they really had planned simply because of missing a meal or two. And then, you know, it, it, it kind of multiplies and then, and then, kind of grow so you know it's not that they're really jerks now we do have them god knows we have them oh yeah but uh a lot of times it's just catching them on the wrong time on the wrong day and basically their reaction is not their personality per se it's just that they were really focused on something and you might have interrupted that thought and and kept them from getting to where they were trying to go that's gotcha Gotcha. Well, I'm going to yeah, pass it on to Lindsay and if she has anything to sure. add. I do. I actually have two thoughts to that. I think there's, there's kind of two reasons as to why that's coming off that way. One um, is, like Kaylin was talking about, you're, there, we're so hyper-focused during that time of prepping that it's almost like we're, we're so focused that our manners and pleasantries are kind of pushed to the side and not intentionally. It's just like your brain can only yeah. handle and there's so many things at once. And there's been times where I've said something kind of snappy when I'm in prep 
And like an hour later, I'm sitting at home and I'm like, that was really rude of me. I should yeah. apologize every time I see this. <laughs> right. And it wasn't that I was intentional. It was just like I was straight into the point and that sometimes that can, that comes off as being rude. Um, the other aspect of that or possibility of why that's happening is because prep is a struggle. It's really, really difficult. And it's, it's so much that is going on in your brain. It's so much that's going on with you physically. And that maybe that person was struggling that day. There's days mm-hmm. where you're deep in prep and you're just like, I don't want to be around people. I don't want to go to the gym. I don't want to eat healthy. I don't want to do any of these things. And you're in this like this really negative headspace with yourself. And when you have one of those days, you tend to portray that off to other people too. So I think sometimes, it, like I said, it can go, it can be either one of those things. And maybe just like, if you're somebody on the outside, like give us a little grace sometimes, <laughs> you know, like, it may not always be that we're, trust me, like you said, Kaylin, like there are definitely people who are jerks when they're prep. But um, for, I'd say, a lot of people that I've met in the industry, they're actually very, very kind-hearted people and very loving and very open and very helpful. And maybe they were just having an off day. Or maybe they're just, you know, have been so focused that they their pleasantries came off wrong. Yep. And it happens. I know there have been times when I was in prep where I really thought I was holding it together, but my uh, mm-hmm. people around me really were, could contest that I was not holding it together. As <laughs> I want to kill everybody. <laughs> I didn't want to kill anybody, but uh, evidently I was them. I was being more more to the point and abrupt than uh, I, I realized that I was. So yeah, so it happened. So, is that is that what you do, Kaylin, when you're in prep? No, that is that what it did. sounds like? No, yeah, that's not Daddy what it Daddy. sounds. I I have never sounded like a cat in my entire life. Caddy Desi, that's what that was. Well, I guess Caddy Desi and Sweaty Betty, what a couple we make. <laughs> there we go. Yes, indeed. <laughs> There we go. That's right. I definitely know who I'm sending a dozen donuts to tomorrow. Oh, my. No, you would not. No, you oh, would you not. Oh, you watch me. You watch so me. That's right. You watch me. <laughs> All right, Lindsay. So in the last couple of minutes that we have left, what do we do to get ourselves in the right mindset? How do we, how do we overcome this body dysmorphia? Number one, if, if it's a lot, obviously seek help. And that doesn't mean that you're crazy. And I think there's a lot of stigma to that. So there's even been times where, like, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't need a therapist, you know. But I have a psychology background, and that's what I went to school for, and I have a master's degree in it. So I'm a big advocate for getting therapy. And sometimes it, it's not even about, like, whether you're – crazy or you have a mental illness or whatever, but sometimes we just need an outside person to just talk to and to kind of get things out. And I think that that ability to be able to get out those thoughts and feelings is, will portray out into the rest of your life. And so Mm -hmm. if you feel that's something that you need, definitely seek a therapist. 
Um, if you don't feel like that's something that you need, then and you just need like a little mindset trick or something to kind of get you out of those things and you, you're recognizing that things are off, then I would highly suggest like learning how to meditate. And I've heard so many people say, I can't get my mind quiet enough. I can't get my mind quiet enough to be able to meditate. I can't focus on meditating. And that's kind of the point of meditating. There's a lot of a lot of people can't get their mind to calm. But the more you do it, the more that your body adjusts to it and you are able to get to that point. So starting off with like maybe a minute and doing it daily and then bumping it up to, you know, five minutes or three minutes or whatever you need to do. Even if it's, um, you know, playing a little music in the background or completely silent, whatever, whatever it is that's going to help you to kind of quiet that. Um, journaling things definitely helps. Um, I know I've talked about doing yoga. I am a big advocate for both um, re- for restorative yoga, and it's that what I was talking about in the beginning where it's not like up and down in a workout. It's more candles are on. Um, it's quiet, it's dark in the room. Somebody is usually like reading certain passages or talking about a certain topic kind of in the background. Your mind is quieting, your eyes are closed, you're stretching, um, and they're kind of guiding you through. Like It's almost like a guided meditation, but with your body as well. And for me, Yoga. that's a huge help, huge, huge help. And I just feel like when I walk Yoga. away from meditation or yoga or anything like that, that I'm just, I'm refocused. I'm able to have those pleasantries come out that I normally have. There you go. <laughs> yes, able, ma'am. I, I can be better in the gym because I can have that focus. I, don't, I have less days where I walk in the gym and just say, screw it. I want to leave because I'm not in it today. Um, but yeah, just, I think getting to the point where you recognize that your mind is starting to kind of go into a negative headspace and learning how to reel that back in. Not necessarily reel it back in, maybe it's a poor choice of words, but um, learning how to overcome it before it becomes too much. Yeah, I think that's that's a good thing to say here. <laughs> that's a good plan. To good ending. Overcoming before it comes too much. Before it comes too mm-hmm. much, so. Oh, you're and, uh, you know what? I'm 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 praying for you tonight, Kaylin. I am praying <laughs> for you tonight, and that's all I have to say about that. I'm a wounded animal. <laughs> I, I can tell you're not dealing with the pain very well at all. Not at all. Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Guy, oh, shoot. We're gonna we're gonna get you we're gonna get you patched up though. We're gonna get you patched up for sure. You're gonna be you might have to take you know some time off on that wrist though and the weights. Oh oh, the body just wants it. Wrap it up. Hey, wrap it up. You're gonna have to wrap it. Ice it. Tell your maybe it's your body's way of telling you that you need to slow down for a few days. Wrap it up. Bam! Right there, what she said. Right there, what she said. Bam! All right. Okay, Kaylin, we got we've got about ninety seconds left. Last thoughts on tonight. Well, if I get some snickerdoodle, I know my wrist will be better. 
<laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> All right, you. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us tonight. You know, this is a tough subject, but it's been a great conversation, and hopefully, you know, some things have been shared that are going to help some people out. So, thank you for joining us. And um, you know what? You're a coach, you're a promoter. If people want to find you, they want to know more about your mindset training and all that great stuff. Where do they find you? I'm Facebook, Lindsay Westfall. I'm on Instagram. Um, those two places would probably be the actually Facebook would probably be the best way to contact me, but you can just find me, Lindsay Westfall, and you'll see bodybuilding stuff in my picture, so you'll know it's me. <laughs> there you go, guys. Westfall spelled just like it sounds W E S T F A L L. So, on behalf Correct. of Lindsay. All you folks out there, practice some self-love. Kaylin, myself, and the boys from P4P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. What's Snickerdoodle? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.